Ah, bonjour, bienvenue dans les chaque-chaque-on-des-tails Très-out-not-en. In other words, in French, hello, welcome to the Industry Horror Coffin Cast. I'm your host, Nathan. And you're probably thinking, what's with the French? Well, I will definitely get to that, but first I want to say merci and thank you everybody for listening to the Industry Horror Coffin Cast. I really do appreciate all you Industry Horror hearers out there. So why the French? Well, there are two reasons why with the French. Number one... Because I'll be discussing about part of the segment of borrowed, bosses borrowed horror picks, the French horror, the French horror thriller that's known as Frontier, or but on the cover it's Frontier or Frontiers because it has a parentheses s on it. So I'm just gonna call it Frontier or Frontiers. You'll, you'll keep on hearing me uh, switch back and forth with that. But I'm just going to call it Frontier for now because most of the time I've heard people say it's called Frontier. So the 2007, <clears throat> the 2007 French horror thriller Frontier, I'll be reviewing as part of the segment for Bosses Borrowed Horror Picks. And also I'll be discussing about... Our two champions, uh, first I'll be discussing about the Toronto Raptors uh, winning their first ever NBA Finals in their franchise history, from extinction to their first title, and I'll even discuss it, and I'll even talk about also the Stanley Cup champion, 2019 Stanley Cup champion, St. Louis Blues, and and... I'll even discuss a little bit about what has happened, uh, especially with the LA Lakers. Uh, good news for the Lakers, and even and even a belated Happy Autism Pride Day as well. And we'll be discussing a little bit more about what Autism Pride Day is about. So stick around and. And you are in, and you are listening to the Industry Horror Coffee Cast. Thank you, everybody. And you know what? Just for the heck of it, add a little bit of some uh, belated Father's Day, and I'll be even talking about how wonderful my father is, and an interesting observation that I have noticed from my own father. So stick around for that as well. Intermission or time to have a sponsor. Is it time for intermission or maybe tell a sponsor? The Industry Horror Coffee Cast is brought to you by Industry Horror. Industry Horror, screen printing with a conscience. And now, back to the Industry Horror Coffee Cast. So with the Toronto Raptors winning the NBA Finals, technically I was right, Warriors in six. Okay, so I was wrong, all right? But the Warriors did play in six games. No, but I thought they were going to win like everybody else did. I mean, you can't really blame people thinking it was going to be the Golden State Warriors. 
that we're going to win the NBA Finals. When you first look at this team has been to the NBA Finals before, they have Kevin Durant, Clay Thompson, Stephen Curry, a deep bench. But then when you looked at the Toronto Raptors, the only there were around three players that had experience with playing in the NBA Finals. That was Kawhi Leonard, Danny Green, and Patrick McCaw. Patrick McCaw was on the bench, but he did play for the Golden State Warriors and win two NBA Finals with the Golden State Warriors. But otherwise, the rest of the team didn't have that experience of being in the NBA Finals. So when you put two two together that way, you're pretty much thinking a lot of people had this be a sweep or five games, but I had a feeling it might go to a sixth game. No, no, actually, I, if anyone listened to the, the, the previous, did I say Warriors and six or Warriors and five? I knew I said Warriors, but was it Warriors and six or Warriors and five? I think I told my parents I thought they would be in five, but I probably said on the podcast, Warriors in six. So, but anyways, but the fact of the Toronto Raptors winning the NBA Finals, yes, that means this is for the first time ever that a team outside of the United States won the NBA Finals, and of course, everybody knows James Naismith. Naismith was a Canadian that invented a game of basketball with a, with a peach and a peach basket. He just added a hole in that peach basket, and there you have it, basketball. But the real question is not whether Kawhi Leonard is going to stay in Toronto or want to go somewhere else, maybe somewhere close to the Southern California area. I don't see Kawhi Leonard going to the Los Angeles Lakers. I mean, if you have two big egos and you have pretty much Kawhi Leonard, uh, he doesn't want to be around that type of atmosphere. He wants to be around... He wants to be around the team that, number one, he can make a, a great impact in. Number two, they actually understand the keyword of team and not just a bunch of a bunch of all-stars all collaborating together. And, and most of the time, he doesn't even really get the ball. He believes in sharing the ball. And, of course, I just want to say this. I apologize to Kawhi Leonard. Yes, I apologize. Because because two years ago, I thought he was being a diva. I thought he was being a diva. But there you go. I apologize. I thought you were a diva. You obviously knew a lot better of handling your injury and not and not forcing to play that way, you don't cause the injury to be worse. So I do apologize, Kawhi Leonard. I, I should have known better than to think that way of you. And I sincerely apologize once again. I really, I am glad you proved me wrong. Really wrong.
loud wrong. Of course, it's wonderful to see these group of players end up winning the championship. Pascal Siakam is from Cameroon. It's it was amazing getting to see him uh, wave his Cameroon flag. Or Marc Gasol, you know, he's from Spain, and it's not. It's, but it just represents what Toronto is. And I really do appreciate that with the combination of the team, the GM, the ownership, the scouting, it, it, it shows a great representation of what Canada is, but it also shows on hopefully America will get back to that point again. That we have all a different collaboration of different backgrounds, and we find a way to end up bringing out the best into each other. So the real question is: is not with Kawhi Leonard, where not he will stay in Toronto, but the real question is: will the Toronto Raptors? Go to the White House or go and visit the Prime Minister of Canada and just do that instead of just going to the White House and meet the U.S. President. That's the real question here. That's the real question. Not only that, excuse me, not only that, but... This Toronto Raptors team has officially the coolest looking NBA Finals championship rings, excuse me, championship ring ever. Because they're the Toronto Raptors. They're going to add a, like a talent scratch on the basketball. Man. That is... That is that is going to be awesome to, to have. If Another question that comes to mind, do they give one to DeMar DeRozan and LeBron James? I, personally, I would. I, I mean, you trade DeMar DeRozan, that way you could get Kawhi Leonard, Danny Green. Should, should Michael Poltke also get one, too, since he was part of the trade? <laughs> Michael Poltke? <laughs> I didn't really do anything, but I'll have that NBA ring. direction of the NBA well well with the fact that Kevin Durant has an Achilles tendon and the fact that Clay Thompson I do believe also has an Achilles tendon as well has, has an ACL uh, that can really affect with which is a which is a dark shame. I I have a feeling that he would still resign with the would resign with the 
Golden State Warriors anyway. But it would have been, excuse me, it would be kind of fascinating that of thinking the possibility, maybe even him coming to the LA Lakers, like his dad, who played for the LA Lakers back th- back then uh, in the Showtime Lakers era. But now I think most likely we're going to see Kevin Durant and Clay Thompson both most likely sign max contracts with the Golden State Warriors because a lot of, it, it's a risk on investing in a player that most likely will not even be able to play even during the next season. Oh, and another thing to congratulate on. Congratulations, LA Lakers. You finally got a big-time player to actually consider playing with LeBron James. Well done. Well done. And Michael Palenka can add that to his resume. Found a way to get Anthony Davis to come to the Lakers. All it cost was Lonzo Ball, uh, Brandon Ingram, uh, many other players, even a draft pick. But you know what? That's fine. We have Anthony Davis. We have Monobrahman. So, that should be interesting. Maybe California will be the state to watch for for basketball. And also, as a way for... uh, I know it's a little bit late for Father's Day, but watching Game 6 of the NBA Finals with my dad was very entertaining because usually my dad would find basketball boring. To a lot of people, I know that sounds weird, but to my dad, it's boring. He doesn't really get into it. When he was watching Game 6, seeing his eyes, you know, eyes full of, full of excitement and going, wow, what a shot. Oh, how did he pull that off? Or, oh, wow. Uh, you just, I mean, the way that he was invested in that game, my Goodness, I, I haven't seen my dad so invested in a NBA game, period. Except when my brother and I were invested when the LA Lakers were in the NBA Finals. But otherwise, yeah, that was, that was the first time in a long time. It was, it was wonderful getting to watch the game with my dad. And... So if my dad says that was an exciting game, it is an exciting game. I'll let you all know when, when I when I find a, a soccer game that my dad would find entertaining. I'll let you all know about that. <laughs> I, I don't think that's ever going to happen, but we shall see. So... What I also found interesting, so the movie that I'm going to review in one of the podcast episodes, or in this podcast episode, I haven't uh, quite decided yet. Most likely, it will be on this podcast episode for the Industry Horror Coffin Cast. 
But there's a movie, and it's French, and it's a French horror movie, and a lot of people consider this a, a horror movie classic. Even, even back in France, it's a it's a horror movie classic. In, in France, even though this movie is uh, only uh, only twelve years old, but is already considered a French horror movie classic, and. It's called Frontier Ears. They have Frontier and they even add a parenthesis S. But what I found interesting was the way that the French uh, edited the trailer for that had me excited. But the way that the U.S. edited that trailer, oh, gosh, it, it, it only had me for a few scenes had me kind of interested in the movie but otherwise it just made me go no I don't even want to watch the movie anymore but the French and British the way that they edited the trailer for that has you interested and have you curious on wondering what is going to happen in this movie Also, and of course, I need to apologize to the St. Louis Blues as well because I, I, I gave a prediction that they would uh, uh, blues it. <laughs> well, they didn't. They actually won. They won their first ever Stanley Cup. Took them a long time, but boy, howdy, waiting around for those 52 years, and it has paid off. And of course, against the opponent that originally swept them the last time that the St. Louis Blues were in the Stanley Cup as well. And that's a long while ago. sure if I should sing the Gloria song because that could be copyrighted. So I don't think I will do that. But Gloria, thank you for beating Boston. Thank you St. Louis. Thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you for not having to be. And the Boston Bruins won the Stanley Cup. They win their... They win their... Seventh Stanley Cup in the history of the Boston Bruins. And Boston has their third championship in nine months. Just thank you, St. Louis. Thank you. Hopefully next year the San Jose Sharks, next season, the San Jose Sharks end up not just going to the Stanley Cup final, but actually winning it. Hopefully. But then again, I think the Winnipeg Jets are pretty of a good team. 
but the Colorado Avalanche is a, is the team to look out for. So I would keep an eye on the Colorado Avalanche. I really don't know a lot about hockey, but I've been told you know keep an eye on the Colorado Avalanche for next season. Don't be surprised to not see them in the Stanley Cup final. And, yeah, that's that's all I have to say for now. And, and please check out the Industry Horror Coffin Cast YouTube channel where I will be showing some of my reactions to some new movies that I've been watching. Because, well, I haven't been watching a lot of horror movies, but now that I work for Industry Horror, uh, I need to make sure to watch all these horror movies. But you'll get the perspective of a first-time viewer. I have... Not seen a lot of these movies, so for a lot of people, this is the first time you're listening and you're wondering, what the heck is the Industry Horror Coffin Cast? The Industry Horror Coffin Cast is a wonderful opportunity to, well, of course, I'm, I'm the host, Nathan, and it's a great opportunity to have people understand uh, a little bit of, yeah, I, I just want to kind of introduce on what goes through the mind of an autistic adult so I'm an autistic adult and and just want to show want people to listen and understand that uh, the, the people that work at industry or there is more to them outside of the work environment so you get to have a little uh, a peek into what what we talk about, uh, whether it's sports, entertainment, horror, whatever comes into our whatever comes into our minds, and whatever topics we want to get into. Hopefully, I could get more guests. I, I would really enjoy having guests that. You know, just so happened to be on the spectrum and ended up finding a way to have successful lives and, and explain on how they, they found a way to to do that. Uh, whether in entertainment, sports, horror. I think it would be interesting to have Temple Grandin because I've, I've read a couple of her books. So I think we would be a lot on the same page. Industry War, we are a 501c3 nonprofit. We are, we do silkscreen printing. They hire, they hire adults that are on the spectrum and with special needs because a lot of the time people don't really give the opportunity or take a chance on, 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 on adults on the spectrum. And they have a lot of capability of working. It's just, for some, you have to have patience. And there, there is a, a lot of talent. There is a lot of talent. They are uh, very creative people. 
And industry war gives gives opportunities, and and they could go for an internship program, a fruity arc, and they get the experience of working. They understand how to work. They, they learn a trade, and they they learn a trade, and it could be silk screen printing. It can be you know silk screen printing on silk screen printing on clothes or they learn how to hand knit beanies making cutting out stickers understand that that there's a lot more to uh, silk screen printing you also have to clean squeegees you gotta clean the you you need to clean the screens uh, get the ink off the screens learn how to do inventory and also they give opportunities outside learn how to be able to learn how to be able to sell to people learn how to be able you know during vendoring an event on how to handle how to handle a credit card or how to handle, you know, making change when people are paying in cash. How to set up for an event if you're vendoring for an event. How to get organized. There is a lot of trades that they train I'm hoping a lot more people know about industry horror. It's a it's a wonderful work environment. It's a wonderful work environment. You'll be learning new skills. I look forward every day working for these people and they have given me a lot of opportunities. That if, if I went into any other field, I don't think I would have had that many opportunities. I don't think I would have ended up being an, an MC for an event. If you're interested and want to, they're, look, they're looking for autistic adults that, are, that have the willingness and are motivated to work. And even if somehow these... Even if somehow these adults aren't motivated, we'll find a way to motivate them. We'll do everything we can to have them be motivated to work. Because industry horror is screen printing with a conscience. Let me talk a little bit more about the about the 2019 Stanley Cup. And then we'll get to my discuss my my topic of autism pride day the frontiers reveal and that interesting discovery about my dad lose it took um I see I do believe it's 52 years to finally win the first ever Stanley Cup 
And what a better way than to have a reverse and to have vengeance on a team that the last time that they faced in the Stanley Cup final, they got swept. But that was nearly four decades ago. And they ended up winning it at Boston, 4-1, to one, Game 7, St. Louis Blues. Boston is feeling the blues. Boston is in ruins. The Bruins in ruins. Boston is feeling the blues. Before I get to my review for the segment of Boss's Borrowed Horror Picks on the movie Frontier, or Frontiers. Say spoilers ahead. I just want to discuss uh, what I see on the cover of for the Frontiers movie. It it shows a lady in an interesting looking uh looks like a nineteenth century nineteenth century dress and all covered in blood and 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 the tagline is, some lines should not be crossed. Now, this is what I thought when I first saw the cover of the movie of what I... This is what I thought the movie was going to be about. I thought this movie had to do with, uh... You know, obviously a bunch of teenagers or a group of people, and they end up getting lost... And they ended up finding this ghost that ends up, well, killing people. And every single time that they were about to be killed, they would see that image of her, if you ever see the cover of this movie. But I was way off with what I thought what the horror movie was going to be about. And this turned out to be not so much as a... Well, technically it says this is After Dark Horror Fest 8 Films to Die For. So this is... So this is a horror movie. Uh, let's see what's at the back of this. Gripping and Brutal. David Nusser, Real Film Reviews. The French Hansa, The Hosta, and Sa. John Anderson, Variety. A heart-pounding, uber-violent, and yet thought-provoking horror thriller. BloodyDisgusting.com And here's what it says the synopsis is. Alone in a Paris played by deadly race riots, the young and beautiful Yasmin is looking for a way out. In her desperation, she turns to her shady ex-boyfriend. Together with his two thug friends, they pull off a bold heist and head for the border. With the police close behind, they hide out in a seemingly peaceful inn. But the mysterious innkeepers hiding a secret more terrifying than anything they could ever imagine. Trapped in an earnest maze of tunnels, crawling with hungry subhuman cannibals, they must fight to survive their bloody initiation into the innkeeper's evil family cult. Frontier is a film by Xavier Jens. Hello everyone, welcome to the Industry Horror Coffin Cast. I am your host, Nathan, and I will be talking about a French horror thriller 
movie called Frontier. And I have to say, this movie is a blend of different types of, of different horror movies. It has a mix of the hills, the hills have eyes, a little bit of the Blair Witch, add some Hostel and Saw, blend it all together and add a little bit of some French into it, and you got yourself Frontier. Wow, this movie was gory. This is that type of movie when you first watch the first 20 minutes of it, you're wondering, am I watching the right movie? Is this the movie that everybody claimed to be a classic? Are you sure they didn't accidentally watch a different movie that just so happened to have the same title? But no, this is that exact movie. There were some gory scenes in here. More gory than even U.S. standards. My goodness. Especially, there was a scene that had to do with a... A saw through the wood board. There were scenes that... that I just felt really uncomfortable. You could feel the intensity throughout the whole entire movie. And might not be able to trust people for me before a while, because I'm going to be worried that if I ask for someone for a ride, they'll end up taking me somewhere where there's a bunch of cannibals. You know, this movie, to be honest, this is a great movie by itself and I'm really surprised I did not see a scene at some point that it went all black and white someone was wearing a beret and smoking a cigarette to be honest the way that they could ended up making this movie even better if it turns out that either these people that were hunting down all these people turns out that they are either zombies somehow and they just found a way to have themselves well put together or it turns out that they're actually feeding on a bunch of zombies which maybe you could kind of feel that maybe there was something of that, especially with a couple of scenes, if you've seen the movie closely, there's someone that's keeping on nine on dead body parts. But I don't think it really comes to really fruition on that. And of course, it's a classic, okay, this person now got themselves in a very terrible situation. And they're trying to find a way to get out of there before they become... A meal for all these cannibals. Try to look for an escape. They end up grabbing their guns. Some characters end up getting killed. But I did not expect a French Nazi, to be honest, out of this movie. Out of all things, 
I knew that they would find a way to add some uh, sensual appeal for some scenes. I never thought I would say that there was a blonde Jay Baruchel and a shaved head Ryan Gosling lookalike. But now I'm saying it now. Of course, you have a character, a Yasmin, that's trying to escape from this place. They were trying to look for their friends. It seemed they were trying to look for their friends. Wondering where they went to. Turns out they went to this place. They find out this place. And they find out that this place has a lot more eerie. And even the point of you'd better get the heck out of here. Get out of there feeling. But I have to say, for everybody that goes like, always use the car, go into the car. Well, guess what? They use, these people used the car in this film, but they either ended up, but they ended up getting chased down by the, by the person that's our supposed monster in the car, chasing them down. And don't care if they wreck themselves as long as they find a way to wreck them. And, of course, you have the cliche of the person escapes the first time and thinking that they got out of there. They thought they found a ride to take them to a safe place. I, I mean, seriously. What makes you think if they drive and that's, drive the direction towards where you just escaped from makes you conclude that that person is going to drive the opposite direction? <laughs> There's a reason why they're driving down that direction. <laughs> but anyways, yeah, this... It's hard to understand because obviously it's in, it's in French. But I think I'll need to watch this again, you know, just to understand what the whole dialogue was. I pretty much kind of understand what was going on in a sense. But at the same time, it it's one of those movies that you might have to need to watch again. I really enjoyed the editing style. The the editing is is great. It's it's it definitely the editor for this movie definitely has their own unique style on editing this horror movie. When it gets intense, it edits. It's not the the shaking the camera, but it's now and then the camera kind of has a little movement to uh, to have. To have the audience be aware that something is going awry, kind of, kind of feeling, N not to the point like it's shaking the camera and it's obviously ah, oh, it's intensity, right? No, no, there's subtlety with this camera movement. It 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 shakes a bit and then it stops. And it kind of shakes and then stops. Shakes, stops. That way, the audience knows that, knows in a subtle way that 
this is getting intense. And even having a little bit of, of some medium shots and close-ups and extreme close-ups, which is adds the intensity to it. To the scenes. And... And I have to say, I'm not going to say I enjoyed this movie, but this movie was a good movie. I will say that. It, I, I, I would be questioned as a, as a psychopath if I enjoyed seeing all that blood. Actually, at some point, I nearly fainted at seeing one of the scenes, to be honest. Oh, that's a lot of blood. There was even a scene where the guy obviously knows where one of the people were hiding. And and because of the fact that he knows where he was, it was messed up. That he raised up the heat in this sauna. That way he could m- pretty much melt the person. Oh, it was really messed up. This, is, this really wasn't a bad French horror thriller film. And of course, there were some scenes that they show with uh, with holding a camera, holding a, a camera. But that's the only comparison that I could make for uh, the Blair Witch Project. Otherwise, this is a lot better movie. This is a lot better movie than that Blair Witch Project. A lot better. I also found it interesting that at the end of the movie, regardless of the fact that the person escaped, still they end up... You know, it, it's not a, a happy resolution, you you find out. Regardless of the fact of all the trouble of escaping with these really maniacal people, and still... This person ends up going, well, you get to see him go to jail. Which is like, what? And of course, the front cover, if you have a DVD for Frontier, which is a film by Xavier Jens, they show you the picture of the one uh, female character that's part of those cannibals that you know is all bloodied up and everything and of course their tagline is some lines should not be crossed and of course you have this is what it says about this film I'll give them credit for their promotional uh, pictures. Everything, every promotional picture, they are part of the movie and not just for promotional purposes. Every single scene, every single picture have been in the scene for this movie, which I find incredible because a lot of promotional pictures usually have even pictures very misleading on what the actual movie is about. Sometimes. Overall, I give this movie a 
four out of five. If you're a fan of lots of gore, you might have a problem, but otherwise, if you are a fan of those type of gore horror movies and enjoy enjoy watching French films as well, this is the movie for you. I give it four out of five melting saunas. All right, next I'll be talking about Autism Pride Day. Autism Pride Day on is on June 18th. Now, it's not exactly what you think, especially since this is during Pride Month for the LGBTQIA. Anyways, Autism Pride Day is is the celebration and is a celebration of all successes of of autistic individuals, those that are upcoming and those in the past that have found way of success. The difference between Autism Awareness Day, which is actually on April 2nd, Autism Awareness Day is a way of obviously people being aware of those, whether whether verbal, nonverbal, to keep to be aware of autism and, and trying to get to the step closer of people on a spectrum acceptance. According to a source from myautism.org, the holiday of the Autistic Pride Day originally began in 2005 when an autism support group called Aspies for Freedom created it because of the many negative connotations that have been associated with autism. Now the holiday is celebrated nationally in various ways. This special holiday is dedicated to emphasizing autistic people and inspiring them to be proud of their differences. It is not just a day, but also a movement within the autism community. It serves as a reminder that they should feel accepted and show their pride each and every day. The goal is to make people realize autistic people are different, not less. While shining a positive light on these differences and on the autistic community in an effort to create a greater feeling of support and acceptance. Well, folks, that's the beauty of life. You learn something new every day. I did not know that's that's the reason why Autistic Pride Day uh, came to be. That that is that is wonderful. That is wonderful for a day to be celebrated and to have people celebrate all the individuals, verbal, nonverbal. That's just wonderful from all aspects of the spectrum and celebration of these wonderful individuals. That is just that is just fantastic. Coming up I will tell the interesting observation that I got from my dad and a little bit of a late Father's Day gift to my dad as well. Analyzing him of what? You'll find out. But first, you will get to hear me in honor of the Toronto Raptors winning their first ever NBA Finals. I seen a little ditty that combines a certain basketball player and a Lizzie McGuire, the movie song. Kawhi not, Kawhi not, take a crazy chance. Kawhi not, Kawhi not, do a crazy dance. If you live in the moment and you lose a lot, so 
Kawaii not. Kawaii not. And welcome back to the Industry Horror Coffin Cast. Now, I will be talking about the interesting observation that I picked up on my dad through the past and present, and even have come to my own conclusion. Those psychology, all those psychology classes, abnormal psychology, sociology, putting everything two two together, from taking all those college courses. Welcome to the Industry Horror Coffin Cast. I'm your host Nathan, and I just want to say to all you industry horror hearers out there, thank you for for listening and tuning in. To the industry horror coffin cast, I really do appreciate the uh, support, and I have come to a bizarre conclusion. Have you ever had one of those moments that it was right in front of you the whole entire time? It was really obvious. At as for example, for a movie, it was really obvious, but for some peculiar reason, you didn't really see that plot twist coming, even though it kind of made it so obvious that it would go in this direction. Well, in my case, I think I figured something that was on the nose the whole entire time, and was right in front of me all my life. You know how it goes when parents give, you know, genetics. The parents pass on something to their child, and they'll have some. Of, they will have some of these characteristics, as known as genes, that are in. Their children that some traits that come from their parents will be passed on to them. Well, there has been a lot of interesting studies, especially obviously with autism, it's with genetics as well. It's mostly genetics and genes from the good old the oxyribonucleic acid known as DNA. But. I think my dad is on the spectrum as well. It was right in front of me the whole entire time. Now, of course, he hasn't been diagnosed, but I think I have come to the conclusion of two possibilities with. Well, of course, one is obviously genetics, but let's go with、uh, two different ones, because there have been theories about. And no, I am not going to say vaccinations. No, not that. They say that when when you have an adult that is around an elderly age, and they are able to conceive a child, that child it. Increases the chances of having traits of aut of being on the spectrum. 
Number two, this was pretty much part of my dad the whole entire time. He is just undiagnosed, but on the spectrum, and he passed on that trait onto me. When come to think of it, that kind of makes the most logical sense. My dad is really an intelligent person. But what makes it the most obvious of a case is during conversation. He is great with conversation, but he's better at conversation, but he usually keeps it mostly focused on Abraham Lincoln, specifically the Civil War. He would find a way to bring up the Civil War into the conversation. Abraham Lincoln, the Civil War. No matter what you were talking about, around 95% of the conversations, okay, I might be exaggerating with that, but say around 80% of conversations I've ever had with my dad or anyone had a conversation with my dad, my dad would find a way to bring up his interest of Abraham Lincoln and, and the Civil War. He knows about the Civil War probably even more than anyone you could ever have met that didn't live during that time period, that is. My dad had such a fascination with with the 16th president he actually named one of his own kids after Abraham Lincoln what else if you ever if you ever notice sometimes he has definitely been better at eye contact but in the past he sometimes didn't really you don't give as great of eye contest. Sometimes he would look down. And yeah, I am really surprised. I think my dad is on the spectrum. He's just undiagnosed. It's either that or, I, or it's one of those things I ran out of topics to talk about to the point that I make up with my own bizarre conclusion and even over-exaggerating. Or maybe not. My dad likes to stick to repetition. Mostly, he just eats, he mostly eats bread. He eats bread, drinks Diet Coke, drinks some wine. When it gets around the, it's around the evening. 
maybe eat something else now and then, but otherwise he pretty much sticks to his own his own routine. He he get he he gets bread, puts it in the toaster. He likes it extra extra toasty to the point that it has not that it's even charred a bit. He he likes it that way. And yeah. My dad is on the spectrum. Just hasn't been diagnosed, but I took a lot of psychology classes. I'm I am not the rightful person to diagnose, but he fits a lot of the bill. It's just crazy. <laughs> all, all these years, all these almost 27 years of my life, and I now notice that my own father has a similarity of what I have. It's just, the difference is I, they put me through speech therapy, taking speech classes, and I don't think you got to do any of that. just my theory I'm just putting my points out I'm just putting my two cents out there and I think he might be on I think he's on the spectrum well now he's he's mostly at, at the early stages of of dementia and even at the stages of Alzheimer's maybe hopefully not but uh, it, it, I'm starting to see some signs of that. So, anyways, I just wanted to mention uh, about how it's 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 crazy on when you know a person and all those years, and you find out that was you know right under your nose and yeah. I think my dad might be on the spectrum. So, since it was most recently Father's Day, I was thinking of talking about my father. Uh, to be honest, at the beginning, I thought I, I didn't really have much in common with him. I felt he, this was back in the past, I felt that he had more connections to my older brother 
than me, to be honest, because they, they could get along on, on talking about model model trains, model planes. I mean, for Pete's sakes, he, he named his son after the person that he looked up to, Abraham Lincoln, so that's... But, but now in the present, I can see that I have a lot more in common with my dad. I think a lot more than... It's close to scary. Number one, he was actually the youngest in his family. I'm also the youngest in my family. In some bizarre way, sometimes... Whenever you try to have a conversation with him, he he talks, he finds a way to talk about either Abraham Lincoln, the Civil War, or even World War II, or heck, even Iowa Hawkeyes. But mostly Abraham Lincoln and Civil War. He could talk, you could talk to him about the weather, and he would explain to you in great detail of what the weather was like during the Getty, during the Battle of Gettysburg. And sometimes my dad kind of rolls around his fingers on his thumb, as I sometimes do as well. We talk about subjects that we're really passionate about. We both can easily talk about politics. Though my dad is a conservative, yes. But he gives a chance of people with... Whether he disagrees or agrees with your political affiliation... He, he still gives you a chance on explaining your point of view. Which I really appreciate because not a lot of people are able to do that these days. And... And what I'm getting at here is... I'm going to explain to you on how based on my social and behavioral sciences degree and with my little study of psychology from back from college and based on the DSM-4 article with my evaluation of my dad I think most likely 85% chance my dad has some affiliation to being on the spectrum. Of course, now these days he also has something that is obviously he's, he has shown early stages of, which is, uh, which is also terrifying, but that's a story for another time. Uh, 
it, let's just say it's it's that kind of I'm not sure to say disease, but it's one of those things in life that you that your brain slowly dissolves. Your memory isn't as great as it used to be. Sometimes you're not really sure where you are. Sometimes you think you're in the past. Sometimes you think you're back in your childhood. Sometimes, and sometimes you might call people some other. My dad hasn't been quite that yet, but I'm. But I'm just. But I just fear of that he will get there. So hopefully, as long as he gets some exercise and he keeps on reading his books, I think he should be fine. From that, but but anyways, I have come to the conclusion my dad is on the spectrum. Now here's why. Number one, they say most people that are on the spectrum, scientifically, and based on many psychological studies and even surveys. That people on the spectrum have a hard time making eye contact. And I've noticed that my dad has a hard time with making eye contact during conversation. Number two, they have a specific niche, passion, and a field that they really get into. There is nothing wrong with that, but most of the conversations that they have is... Which is fine. It, it's okay to talk about something, but that you are passionate and are into. But it's just on a daily conversation, most percentage of the time, it's even out of the left field of some of the conversations, as I explained. Sometimes you could be talking about the weather, and, and my dad could just bring up. The, the exact weather, the weather, the feeling of uh, being at the Battle of Gettysburg during the Civil War. He could pretty much name all the generals, all the, all the generals, all the colonels, all the lieutenants. He can recall, he can... He can tell you the Gaysburg address by heart. He can even tell a well-known speech by Abraham Lincoln, the, I think it was called the Second Inaugural Address. That was also a great speech as well. And he could tell you that. And and no folks, I am not named after Nathan Bedford Forrest. My the reason why I'm named Nathan because my mother just enjoyed the name. My mother thought it was a great fit of a name for me, so that's why I'm named Nathan.
Yeah, well, what a great Father's Day present, I guess. Uh, diagnosing my own dad on that he's on the spectrum. I think no matter what, I think I would have been on the spectrum one way or the other. Because there has been a lot of studies on sometimes uh, people on the spectrum. No, not because of vaccines. I'm not. No, I'm not going to talk about that because of vaccines. It's not that. The reason they say is sometimes it has to do with genetic mutation. So when you have a, let's say you have a parent that's around an elderly age, there is high percentage chance that you will have if you, that you will have a child on the spectrum because of that genetic mutation of how old, uh, of, depends on how the age of, of the dad and, and the mom and even by, uh, and even by an age gap, I do believe. But if that's the case, how come that didn't happen to my older brother? But I don't mind it. But I'm just it. It just it's just fascinating to to think about. I'm getting off track. That's that's another thing uh, with uh, another thing of people on the spectrum. They have a hard time keeping in context of the topic of their conversation. And obviously, you could tell I, I have some trouble with that. I, I just want to go with the flow and, and see how the conversation goes. I'm, I'm one of those type of people, but if I'm talking to people that are, as people say, neurotypical, then I do the best I can to keep it on subject. But if I'm talking with my friends and I'm going to... I usually just come up with random questions. So, what would you do if it was the apocalypse? And they're like, what? What would you do if it was the apocalypse? Uh, I don't know. What, what would you do? And I'm, well, I'm asking you first. Or, what if you were the last person on Earth? What, what was the first thing that you would do? Or... Let's say, let's say that for a whole entire week, that money wasn't a problem, what would you do and why? For a whole entire week, money wasn't a problem, let's say it was a whole week, you have a whole week off, a whole week off, money isn't a problem, tickets to events, no problem, food, no problem, especially water's no problem. What would you do with that whole entire week? What would you do? For me, I would most likely travel to different countries, different places in the United States. 
I never been to Seattle. I never been to Portland. I never been to Chicago. Well, I mean, I never got to stay over in Chicago. Let me be more specific. There are some places that I've been to, but that was because it was part of a connection flight in order to get to another place. But technically, I haven't really been in that place. Also, another question. Does it really count that you have been to that place? No, you're just at their airport in order to connect to a different flight to get to a different place? Ah, uh, these are the questions that had me pondering for for two weeks now. I've been actually been doing everything I can to give football a chance. Not American football as 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 a lot of people back in England call it hand egg ball. Hand egg. Oh, sorry, I think the playing's your hand egg. Oh, my God. I think the playing a good game of some hand egg. No, no, the football I'm talking about literally has to do something with most of the time the ball hitting the foot. That football. For example, I found out that apparently there was literally a war called Football War. And it was between the countries of Honduras and El Salvador. Also, Sports Illustrated has a whole entire article on that. You should, you should give that a read. That was a, that was a great read. You, you can't get more rival-like than literally having something called football war. Also, I found out that a derby is another way of saying... The weird part is it's spelled out as the word derby, like home run derby, Kentucky derby, but they pronounce it derby. Derby is another way of saying a rivalry game, and... I'm doing everything I can to understand football. Next up, I will try to understand hockey. Trying to understand football and hockey is to the equivalent of me doing the best I can to speak Chinese. Learning how to speak Chinese and learning all the pronunciations, what they mean, what the words they mean, how it is written how it's pronounced. So I actually learned that turns out the woman's... This actually, for some bizarre reason, this really blew my mind. Okay. Don't know why it blew my mind as much as it did, but I found out that the woman's... That for women's soccer... That actually, they also have soccer clubs as well. As in, the same as the men's. For some, as the same as the men's as Chelsea. Uh, I think there was called one called Olympique North or Nordic. Olympique Nordic Football Club. 
But I had no idea that there were... I had no idea that that showed how much I know about women's sports. I'm, I'm working on that as well, understanding more about women's sports. As well. They even have a Chelsea club that Chelsea football club that's that's similar to to the to the man to the men's Chelsea football club. Okay, so if it turns out we have all turns out that these women's soccer players also play in women's soccer clubs. How come we haven't really heard about them? We make a big deal out of the Premier and the Champions and La Liga and anything that, uh, the, the German, the Italy, pretty much all the European leagues. We make a big deal out of those. How come we're not making a big deal out of, the, out of these women's soccer clubs that are pretty much in a similar in a similar way, why why aren't we watching those uh, soccer matches on TV? I I just wow, it's almost as if they're trying to hide it as a secret. Oh no, sir, sir, I, I don't believe that someone found us found our secret. No, the men weren't supposed to figure out that there was a women's soccer league similar to the Premier and Champions League. No. Uh, our plan for globalization is ruined! Should we try to find a way to frame him for something, even though he didn't do it? Uh, let's see here. Uh, frame him for that? Nah. Frame him for that? No. No, too easy. We're going to frame him, all right. And then it turns out that they just put me in a, a frame picture. That's a nice frame picture. <laughs> now he's framed. <laughs> oh, no, that would be weird. That, that would be the weirdest villain motive ever. Right next to... Hello! Hello there! I am Dr. Psycho Grazel. I will make sure to take over the coffee shop across the street. And Starbucks will bow down to me. So, not world domination, but just to take over a local coffee shop across the street and hopefully as the entrepreneurship to make it lots of money to the point that Instead of a Starbucks at every corner, it will be his coffee shop every corner. Oh, I, I can't say Dr. Psycho because apparently there was... Uh, there is a supervillain apparently in D.C. that's called Dr. Psycho. So... I guess we need to cross out the cycle and put in Crazo. Hello there! I am Dr. Crazo. I will make sure that they go over the coffee, stri- coffee shop across the street. 
Áno. I have a lot of respect for voice actors. How the heck do they do this on a daily basis? I feel like I pretty much spelt around five more pearls right now. Yeah, that's how I've, I've come to the conclusion of my dad being on the spectrum. Um, I'm just curious on... I'm not sure if he ever wants to be diagnosed, but I just have a feeling that he is on the spectrum, and I don't mind that. That actually gives me another, uh, you know, gives you that... It's just another way to bond. We're both autistic. Well, of course, he needs to be diagnosed first. I was diagnosed when I was around three and a half years old. But if you listen to the previous podcast episodes, I am not going to mention about pervasive attention disorder. That later on uh, became part of the ADD, ADHD, and now everybody just has it known as the spectrum. And that will do it for this episode of the Industry Horror Coffin Casas. I'm Nathan, your host, saying add a little bit of horror into your life. If you enjoy this episode of the Industry Horror Coffin Cast, please check out the other now 10 episodes of the Industry Horror Coffin Cast. Also, if you want to check out some of the reactions, also check out the Industry Horror Coffin Cast YouTube page. If you just listened to this episode and said, Hey, is there a way that I could be a guest on the show? If you are an influencer in the horror, entertainment, animation, autistic, sports community, well, you can contact me at industryhorrorcoffeecast at gmail.com. Thank you for listening to all you industry horror hearers out there. I do appreciate all the support. And also, if you have an hour of time, also check out... Also listen to the Creeps Anonymous podcast. I've listened to it, and it's really great. So please check that out as well. Thank you for all the support. I really do appreciate it. Uh, the next episode, I'll be, well, I'll be doing a movie review of the rebake of It. So, I'll be reviewing It Chapter 1 for the next Industry Horror Coffin Cast episode. So, check that out when it comes out.